Good morning. If you could all stand and join us as we sing our first song. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every Pour out our praise, it's your breath in our 
seated. An account of the creation of humans, adapted from the first chapter of Genesis. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have responsibility for the fish of the sea, and for the birds of the air, the cattle, and all the wild animals of the earth responsibility for every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in her image. In the image of God, she created them. In all genders and all sexes, she created them. Good morning and welcome to what we worship assistants have lovingly decided to call the Body Chapel. I'm sure many of you know that it is Healthy Bodies Week here at Goshen College, and the team of worship assistants thought it would be appropriate to center this chapel time around the body, to claim our bodies as beautifully made in the image of a loving God. Today we will have two speakers. Both will share about what it means for us to be made in the image of God. The first speaker, will be Dr. Deb Brubaker, member of the music faculty here at Goshen and director of Women's World Choir. The second speaker will be Eli Studebaker, a junior Bible and religion major. Before we continue, I will light the lamp here to acknowledge the presence of God here with us in this space. As I light it, take a moment to close your eyes and breathe thinking about a time in the past few days when you may have felt the presence of the divine or absolute love. I'll now read a poem that I've read once before in chapel this year one that seems especially pertinent today, and one that one of our speakers will mention in his speech. One that affirms our bodies as wonderful creations, both by themselves and as parts of the broader creation. Wild Geese by Mary Oliver. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies, and the deep trees, the mountains, and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting. 
over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. Please stand and join me in singing number 356 in the blue hymnal, Breathe on Me, Breath of God. 356. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here with you this morning. And I want to thank uh, the Chapel Planning Committee for inviting me to share. I hope these words can touch some of you where you need to be touched this morning. So I was asked to talk about what it means to be created in the image of God and also how we can develop uh, a theology that affirms that we are good creations of God. And my... uh, My comments kind of circle around those ideas. I don't think they ever come to a point, so it's kind of how I think. Uh, Andrew gave us a creation story this morning, 
And that's actually how I want to start my talk, by referencing creation stories from many cultures. It's one of the things that I like to read about, uh, is how other cultures and time periods have uh, made sense of how their world and this world is created. Um, there are all sorts of different versions of how the world was brought into being. And who knows which of them was right? And who knows if any of them are right? But we all make up our, our own ideas of how the world was brought into being. My favorite, uh, my favorite story about how creation came to be, how this world came to be, is from the Inuit people in Alaska. And it starts out, in the beginning was the sound. And God sang the world into being. What a beautiful image. And this one is a little bit like our version that we have in the Bible. In the beginning was the word. And the word is sound. And it turns out that the word was God. And the word was with God. And so this, this idea of sound being a way that God is created uh, among us is a very, very important one to me, particularly as a choir director, when I am put, bringing people together and creating sound, I think of God creating the world. And we'll all get a chance to uh, create sound together at the end of my talk. Sound creates community. It gives us the opportunity to say, we are here in this space together, hopefully by choice. And we are choosing to honor this space and this time together by looking at each other, by breathing the same air, by honoring this time as a time when we look each other in the eyes and relate to each other in a special way that doesn't happen any other time. That's a creation of community. Sound also creates safety. If you think about it, if you're walking along the sidewalk and you hear footsteps behind you, what do you do? You turn around and look. Who is that coming up on me? Is that a friend or a foe? Sound creates safety. Studies have shown that the wild animal population is less safe than it used to be because of human sound that encroaches on uh, animal environments. Living next to a loud roadway means that animals cannot hear if a predator is coming up on them. And if they use sound to search for their food, they will not find as much food because they can no longer hear the sounds that their food is making to draw them to it. So sound creates community and it creates safety. In addition to being uh, a musician, I'm also a quilter. It's my other passion. And many years ago, I had finished a quilted wall hanging and I laid it out on the floor in front of me. And it represented many, many hours of choosing fabric and colors and shapes and cutting them out and sewing them back together, which in itself is something that people make fun of sometimes with quilters. Why do you cut fabric apart and sew it back together again? 
But I made this quilted wall hanging and I laid it out in front of me on the floor and I had such a sense of satisfaction. And the thought came to me, I wonder if this is how God felt after God had made creation, after God had made us and stood back and looked at it and said, this is good. I did a good thing. That's how we're created. Have you ever felt that sense of accomplishment? That rush of wonderfulness, of being yourself when you've done something that you loved doing and you've done it well? There's a, a writer and a storyteller, her name is Clarissa Pinkola Estes. And she's written a book called Women Who Run With the Wolves, which is all about uh, stories and archetypes. And she says, creativity is the ability to respond to all that goes on around us. So right now, as you look around yourself and you listen, and you look at this community that we have formed in this time and space here, how can you be creative with this community? How can you insert yourself into this group of people? How can you be yourself? We were created as creative beings. When we honor our creativity and use it in positive ways, we are mirroring the God who made us. When we create by writing or drawing, painting, playing soccer, creating community on the basketball court, singing, whatever you do that you love to do, that you were created to do, we are staying in touch with our inner self and allowing our true being to emerge. It makes us stronger when we do this. And one of the ways it makes us stronger, and this may sound strange, it makes us aware of our wounds. If you look around this room, every single person here carries wounds with them. We are all wounded. I am wounded. And yet, we can relate to the world in one of two ways. We can relate to the world through our wounds, or we can relate to the world through our scars. What I mean by that is, we can carry those wounds with us and continue to be frightened or sad or heavy or bitter or angry because we have this wound because the world has wounded us in some way. Or we can allow that wound to heal and become a scar because a scar is a healed wound. And so we all have wounds. Can we be gentle enough with ourselves? Can we ask for the assistance that we need to allow those wounds to begin a healing process and eventually become scars. If you ever want to start a conversation with someone that you don't know very well, but would like to know better, ask them to tell you a story about a scar that they have. And I'm talking about maybe one that you got when you fell and had to get stitches when you were a kid. You get some really interesting stories that lead to other insights to inner beings. 
God has made us capable of healing ourselves. Another quote from Clarissa Pinkola Estes. She talks about the wild woman as an archetype for God. Isn't that kind of cool to think about God as a wild woman? I love it. The wild woman carries the bundles for healing. She carries everything a woman needs to be and know. She carries the medicine for all things. Think about that in your image of God, carrying the medicine for all things. She carries stories and dreams and words and song and signs and symbols. She is both vehicle and destination. God is our vehicle and God is our destination. God created us with the ability to sit gently with ourselves, with God and with others. You are doing that this morning. I've gained a great deal when I carve out time in the mornings and evenings, and I don't do it every morning and every evening, but when I do, I notice a difference. If I sit for 15 minutes and meditate on a, on a Bible verse or an important saying that's come to me, another wonderful book that I've read is The Presence Process by Michael Brown. If you want to get deeper into yourself, that's one I would suggest. Our lives are full of striving, trying, and falling short of expectations. Who would know that better than you folks? Because you are in a situation that calls for striving. And yet, I encourage you to occasionally set the striving aside. And I offer this to you as your life's job description. Be the one and only you that you were created to be. Not the best you, the one and only you with all of your wounds and your scars, with all of your blessings and your creativity. No one else on this earth can even come close to that. I'd like us to create community by singing a song together. And it's a song that I'm pretty sure none of you know. So the words and the notes are up front on the screen. And if you read music, I encourage you to sing it with me right away at the beginning. But we will sing this numerous times. And I also encourage you to add harmonies if you'd like to do that. Um, I won't ask you to stand, but I will ask you to sit with yourself and to honor yourself and your creator in song. Gentle with 
God is messy. God is blood, sweat, and tears. God is in our pain and struggle. God is in our joy. God is embodied. So much of our talk about spirituality zeroes in on things that are not physical. We try so hard to interact with the divine without involving our bodies. We intellectualize religion. We separate ourselves from our bodies in so many harmful ways. In Western culture, we criticize bodies for being too fat, too hairy, too outside the idealized norm. As college students, we see the limitations of our bodies and test them. We pull all-nighters. We skip meals, and we refuse to listen to our bodies. All of our experiences are mediated by our bodies. We see, smell, touch, interacting with the world through our senses. We communicate and move. We are also limited by our bodies. Some people's embodied experiences are profoundly painful. Disease, disability, violence, and other realities change the way we experience the world. Some people have bodies that are singled out and labeled as less than for their race, sex, or ability. We cannot avoid our bodies. They are integral to our lives. Those of us in the Christian tradition repeat the verses associated with bodies so many times that they start to lose their meaning. So God created humankind in God's image. In the image of God, she created them. God is messy, coming down and shaping, molding, creating. When God made us, she got her hands dirty. The body is flesh, blood, bone. The body is held up. It is shaped. It is work and sweat. Saying that all this and more holds the image of God in it should create room for bodies that are different. We are sacred within our bodies, not separate from them. For those of us who have bought into the idea that our bodies can never be holy, there is a lot of baggage we have to get around. So much of body positivity talk falls short. You're supposed to ignore the number on the scale, the reflection in the mirror, and celebrate what your body can do. What does that all mean? How do we do that? What can we do to affirm our bodies and as part of our sacredness? How do we heal so much hurt? My first thought on these questions is that we have to do something. We can talk about having bodies. We can talk about the science. But at the end of the day, when we take, off the, when we take the shoes off of our tired academic feet, we live in our bodies before we can analyze them. Our body positivity practices should be something we do with our bodies. Our body positivity practices will be as diverse as we are. We should leave room for this. Our spaces should be accessible and inclusive. Our practice should advocate for the rights of diverse bodies. In a lot of my classes, we talk about self-care. Self-care is essentially taking time to take care of yourself, body, mind, and spirit even when you're busy, worn out, and think you do not have time. Practically, being made in the image of God means taking care of our bodies. It means spending a little extra time to make a meal you really love. It means listening to the doctor's advice about your sprained ankle. 
It means going to bed on time for once. Self-care is more than that, too. Our bodies are made for creativity. Our bodies experience pain, but they also experience pleasure. And God calls this good. So eat a piece of chocolate cake because you want to. Wear nail polish, dance, sing, sleep in on a Saturday. Find things that you love to do and let yourself do them. Paint even if you are bad at it. Take up cross stitch even though your roommate tells you cross stitch is old fashioned and for women. Stop apologizing for the times you sleep in. Stop apologizing for walking slowly. Stop apologizing for your awkward dancing. In the words of Mary Oliver, you do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Our bodies are full of holy imperfection. When we give them grace, we embrace the light within us. We embrace that of God. When we give others grace for the ways they are imperfect, we embrace that of God. With our bodies, we have the power to heal and to harm. We have the power to, har to be harmed and to be healed as well. When we say we are created in the image of God, we need to mean that we all are. And we need to act like it too. We need to stop asking for others' bodies to take up less space, to be more socially acceptable. We need to advocate for everyone's right to have agency over their bodies. Make space for others as you make space for yourself. The body is messy. The body is sacred. Holy imperfection in the image of God. Thank you. So the human being is a physical body made up of flesh, blood, and bones. A temporary biological machine that miraculously evolved from nothing, destined to return to nothing. The Bible depicts human as created in the image of his or her maker, having a spirit, soul, and body. In Genesis 2-7, it says, And the Lord God formed humankind from the dust of the ground, and breathed into their nostrils the breath of life and humankind became a living soul. With that, we have stations before us um, set up with colored sand. Each one of these colors represent, each, represent a different part of one of us. As creations of the Lord, we, are, we were made from ashes and dust. We were put into temples, a vessel that carries light, love, and beauty throughout the world. In the vases before us, in the vases before us today, the different colors of sand will be poured in and mixed to help create a wheel of diversity, much like our individual bodies. We are holders of love, light, and beauty, and have the power to make each one of these traits shine in its own fluorescence. Now I ask each one of you to take a minute to reflect on the significance on the dust that makes you who you are. We also invite you to come up and place a scoop of sand into one of the jars to signify a coming together of different souls, stories, 
lives, fates, and bodies. Out of 
Just kidding, no one move. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> the words of Brian Wren. Good is the flesh that the word has become. Good is the birthing, the milk in the breast. Good is the feeding, caressing and rest. Good is the body for knowing the world. Good is the flesh that the word has become. Good is the body for knowing the world, sensing the sunlight, the tug of the drowned, Feeling, perceiving, within and around. Good is the body, from cradle to grave. Good is the flesh that the word has become. Good is the body, from cradle to grave. Aging and growing, arousing, impaired. Happy in clothing, or lovingly bared. Good is the pleasure of God in our flesh. Good is the flesh that the word has become. Good is the pleasure of God in our flesh. Longing in all, as in Jesus, to dwell. Glad of embracing and tasting and smell. Good is the body for good and for God. Good is the flesh that the word has become. Go in peace to love and serve God and each other with all that we are. <laughs>